if you would tonight, go in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. You know, faith is just a great subject. It's in the entire Word of God. Faith is from Genesis to Revelation. You see, the Word of God is filled with faith. Because the Word of God and the faith of God really are inseparable. If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, and it does, then the Word of God must contain faith in it. So as you are feeding on God's Word during the day, as you're listening to God's Word, guess what's happening? Faith is coming. Amen? Now, faith is like a diamond. It's like a diamond. It's, it's got so many different facets to it. If you've ever looked at a, a diamond, you see one thing at one time and then you see another facet of a beautiful diamond at another time. And faith is just like a diamond. All oh, the different aspects and the different facets of faith, they're so rich. You know, for example, faith and patience go together, don't they? And the Bible says that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience endure the promises. So when he talks about faith and couples it with patience, he's saying to us that if we're going to really walk and live by faith, we're also going to have to employ patience and endurance along with it so that we can be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Amen? So, you know, you've got faith and you've got patience. Well, then you have faith and the fight of faith. So that means there's enemies to your faith. And so there, we could say it, there is the warfare of faith. There's a, another way of looking at faith. To live by faith and to stay in faith, you've got to be willing to fight the good fight of faith and those enemies of your faith that come your way. And those enemies, of course, are, are, are many. But thank God, when you stand in your covenant with God and you fight, you always win. Yeah, always. Amen? And then you think about faith and love. Just the different facets of this marvelous, wonderful life of faith. The Bible says in Galatians that faith, it works by love. Well, you can look at that as two sides of the coin. One side of the coin is this, is when you get a revelation of how much love loves you and God loves you, it will cause your faith to work and to flow easy. Because you'll be confident in the fact, because He loves you, you can trust Him, you can believe Him, and you can have what He says you already have. Amen? So the other side of the coin, faith working by love, is this, is we need to make sure then that we're walking in love. That we're not allowing bitterness, that we're not allowing unforgiveness, that we're not allowing these little nickel and dime things that the devil brings our way, these little strifey things to hinder our faith. We don't want to let anything hinder our faith. If we're going to live by it and walk by it and talk by it and see by it and hear by it, we better protect it. Amen? Amen? And so faith then will not work in an unforgiving heart. In Mark eleven twenty five, it says, uh, you know, uh, after Mark eleven twenty four, he said, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Verse 25, and when you stand praying, forgive. In other words, while you're using your faith, while you're praying the prayer of faith, right while you're standing there, forgive. Yeah. Amen. Forgive. Don't let unforgiveness stop up your answered prayer. Don't let unforgiveness or strife stop up your healing. It ain't worth it. And so that's another beautiful facet 
of walking by faith, faith and love. The other side of the coin is walking in love. And then we have faith and hope. Think about that. Faith and hope. In uh, Hebrews 11, 1, uh, the scripture says, now faith is. Now faith is. What is faith? Now faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith is having a confident persuasion of the word of God that he has spoken to you. So faith is the substance or faith is that uh, platform which your hope stands on. You see, your hope is not wishful thinking. Your hope is having a confident, favorable expectation. But I cannot and you cannot have a confident, favorable expectation unless you have something sure to stand on. And your faith is your foundation and it is sure. Because I have the foundation of what God's word says, then I can expect God's word to come to pass in my life. So there's faith and and there's hope and you can probably think of several more. But just by way of introduction, faith is an awesome subject. Our God is a God of faith. And And He's placed His faith on the inside of you. You don't have to live on somebody else's faith. You don't have to live on borrowed faith. I thank God for what God has done for Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn, and all these great, wonderful men and women of faith. Thank God for it. But you know what? He's no respecter of persons. And he didn't give any of them anything that he hasn't given you. You have a measure of mountain-moving faith. Woo! Glory to God. I've already preached myself happy. Hallelujah. So, don't live on borrowed faith. Don't live on somebody else's revelation. Get a revelation for yourself. Well, brother so-and-so believed for a jet. Well, you may not be at jet faith yet. You may be at Volkswagen faith. Thank God for being where you are. Honor where you are. Value where you are. Enjoy where you are. Use your faith. Let your faith grow. And eventually you'll get to the point where you can believe God for anything that he leads and guides you to believe for. Hallelujah. That's good news, isn't it? So let's look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 again. And let's notice something in, uh, in uh, verse 8 through 13. We could be on this subject for a long time. Because of all of the different aspects of faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, verse 8. Right on through uh, verse 13. All right. It says, we're troubled on every side, yet we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Then he talks about the life of Jesus being manifest in your mortal body. And then verse 13 says this. Read it with me, if you would, please. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken, We also believe and therefore speak. So verse 13 really describes then the spirit of faith. When a person is operating in the spirit of the God kind of faith, that person will believe and that person will speak and that person will act. You can tell when a person has the spirit of faith. How can you tell? Just get around them a little bit. Eventually you'll begin to see it in their eyes. You'll be able to hear the spirit of faith in people's voices. 
Now, not everyone that mounts the pulpit in the United States of America has the spirit of faith. That's right. And that's not a put down, that's just a fact. They may have a theological degree. They may have Dr. So-and-so. And we respect and we honor the knowledge and the wisdom that those men and women of God have. But you know what? Having a doctorate degree and going to a theological seminary doesn't give you the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith comes from the word of faith. It comes from the word of God. Amen? So, you know, you can be a Baptist and have the spirit of faith. You can be a Pentecostal and have the spirit of faith. You can be word of faith and not have the word spirit of faith. So it's up to you. So, in other words, we have in the same spirit of faith. Now, let's go over to 1 John chapter 5 and notice with me in verse 4. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. Oh, I like faith. Hallelujah. I love faith. How about you? Now, I don't have faith in my faith. I have faith in a faithful God. That's the difference. Because when we go around trying to strut our stuff and talk about how great we are and how much we believe God, no, our focus needs to be on Him. Our faith is in Him. He is a faithful God. And you know what? He watches over His Word to perform it. 1 John chapter 5, and, and notice with me verse 4, it says, For whatsoever is born of God. The question I have for you tonight, are you born of God? Okay. You may, be, you may have been born of your natural parents, but when you were born again, you were born of God. You got a new birth. You got some new eyes. You got some new ears. Use a new creation. You ain't the old boy or old girl you used to be. Now you're the righteousness of God in Christ. So <clears throat> whatsoever is born of God, the Bible says it overcomes, it overcomes what? The world. Okay, so think about that for a moment. Anything that is in the world, if you're born of God, you can overcome it. What is it that the world has to offer? Well, the world offers sickness and disease. The world offers poverty and lack. The world offers grief and sorrow. The world offers a life far beneath who you are in Christ. And because you're born of God, that is a major step at overcoming whatever the world has to offer you. But he didn't stop there. He said, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Are there things to overcome? Absolutely. Like every day. Whatever is born of God overcometh the world. Now notice here, he gets more particular or more specific. He says, and this is the victory. I'm glad he didn't say this is the defeat. No, thank God he said, this is the victory that Overcometh. So there's that word again, overcome and overcometh. What he wants you to see is this. When you're born of God and you operate in the God kind of faith, you is, you are, you will forever be an overcomer in God's sight. Now believe that, receive that, say that, walk around and say, thank God I'm born of God, I'm a child of God, and I'm a world overcomer. Glory to God. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I don't care what the devil has to say. It's always going to go God's way in my life. Shout with me a minute. Woo, glory. Thank you, I needed to catch my breath. <laughs> Okay, so whatever is born of God, that's you, that's me, overcometh 
the world. There are some things to come over. Don't be afraid of those challenges that come your way. It is just part of the born-again, spirit-filled package. It comes with the territory. You are not of this world. You're living in this world. The world's trying to pull you down to its level. But God says, I've raised you up together. I've made you to sit together with me. So, don't sweat the small stuff. Because the small stuff, sooner or later, is going to be over that quick. One day with the Lord is a thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. Think about it. So if you live to be 80, how many minutes is that? (laughs) Ingrid? (laughs) It's not very long. The time that we live on here, on this earth is... What is your life? It is even a vapor. That appeareth just for a little while. That's why you can take heart, those of you that have loved ones in heaven. Hallelujah. You know what? They wouldn't come back if they could. They would not come back if they could. It is so awesome there. But all of a sudden, when people get to heaven, they get an understanding, they get a revelation of eternity, and the time is nothing. And then on earth's time, even if it's another 30 years before they see it, with them, it's just about 60 seconds. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. So, let's get back here. Whatever's born of God. It overcomes the world. This is the victory. Now notice that overcomes the world, even our faith. I'm going to make a statement. I want you to say it with me. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. A couple more times. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. One more time. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. And you have the spirit of faith. So we could say it this way. Faith in a faithful God, faith in His Word, is the believer's victory. Amen? Amen. And one thing for sure, God is not going to lead you down a path of defeat. He's not going to, you know, you might go through some situations, you might go through some tests of obedience, but ultimately the plan of God is for you to come through anything on the other side, shining, smiling, and filled with the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen? Let's look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 2 then. And notice with me verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. Now thanks be to God. Thanks be to who? He that is born of God ought to be thanking God. Now thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. Which... I remember when Keith Moore came and preached at our church. How many of you were there over at Marina High School on that Friday night? The brother Moore came and preached. And he preached a message called Always. It was one of the first messages that he ever recorded. And by the way, you can download it on his website. That message from back there in the 80s is on his website. And he preached a message called Always. Always. And he gave beautiful illustrations that I don't want to give tonight. But always, he always causes us to triumph. The devil always says, never more, never more, never more from the raven Edgar Allan Poe. Never more, never more, says the raven. But our heavenly father says, always more, always heal, always whole, always triumph. Thanks be to God. Which always, 
and in different ways, causes us to triumph. We all go through different tests, we all go through different trials, but we all come out, always. He causes you and me to triumph, but not only that, but He maketh manifest the savor of His knowledge by us in every place. There is something about a victorious Christian. We could say that they almost have a scent about them. A savor or a fragrance. It could be called Ode de Victory. And it is a testimony. It is a testimony to those that are perishing on the right and on the left. And so the greater degree that we operate in the spirit of faith, the greater degree of victory we'll have because the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory and He always leads us in triumph. But that triumph is not just for us to overcome. Yes, we overcome and we do triumph, but that victory is not just for us, it's for other people around us. Think about that. When God delivers you from debt and He delivers you from lack, and He puts bundles in your pockets, that's not just for you. Hello! It's for people around you. It's to be a blessing. It's kind of like um, when God spoke to Abram in Genesis 12, He said, I'm going to bless you in order that you may be a blessing. The Amplified says, I'm going to increase you with abundant increase of favors, and you will be a blessing. And then I love the way the Amplified says it. You will be a blessing, dispensing good or blessing to others. Amen. How many of you just want to be a dispenser of good? A dispenser of God. A dispenser of healing. A dispenser of love. A dispenser of encouragement. Man, there's so many discouraged people in the world. You're the light. You're the salt. You walk in. Hallelujah. And you can bring others up. And really, that's what Christianity is all about. So, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph and manifest the savor of His presence and the knowledge of His goodness in every place. Amen. Now, go back to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Everyone say, the spirit of faith is... The spirit of victory. Now we read this um, last week, but I want to read it again. And it's something good to feed on in it. Praise the Lord. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, and uh, verse 35, he says, Now here, don't cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, or don't let the spirit of faith wane on you. Okay? Don't let your shield of faith droop. Amen? But maintain your confidence. For he says you have need of. Cast not away therefore your confidence. Because your confidence and your faith will give you a great reward. Now, confidence. I think this. I think that we need to talk about our confidence a little bit more. I am confident that not only will I live long, but I will live strong. You know, there's a difference between living long. You can live long and be beat up. I believe in living long, yeah. How long you want to live? I want to live as long as the Lord would have me live. Until my race is run, until my, hallelujah, course is finished. And it ain't going to be anytime soon. Unless the trumpet sounds. Amen. Now, 
So you want to live long, but y'all want to live strong. So you got to get that in your mouth. You got to say that based on what you believe. Well, I don't have any scripture on it. Well, I've got a scripture for you. Psalm 91.14 says this, with long life, not with wrong life, not with short life, but with long life. Now notice, will I satisfy him? You can't be weak and be satisfied if you live long. With long life, will I satisfy him or her and show him my salvation? I heard this, I can't. I can't put my hand on the Bible says it's true. But I heard years ago that the Spanish Bible says, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my healing. Amen. Wow. You know, if you're going to live long, you're going to need healing. Yeah. Amen. Right. Or you're going to need to walk in divine health yeah. or divine yeah. life. Amen. So it's talk about, speak about what you're confident about. Yeah. I'm confident. That he who has begun a good work in your son, he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You receive that, Jimmy? I'm confident. I'm confident of that. Now you continue to speak that. He that's begun a good work in my son, he will perform it. What are you confident in? Are you confident that you live long, live strong? Here's another thing that I'm confident in. I'm confident in that before I'm done here, this building will be paid in full. Now, some of you aren't so confident in that, but I am. And there are others that are confident in it. I am confident. I am fully persuaded that not only will I run my race, but I'll finish my course. Glory to God. The Bible says, and this is the confidence. See, in the natural realm, that can kind of sound arrogant and kind of sound cocky. No, the boasting is excluded by the law of faith. If you're boasting in anybody, you're boasting in him. Are you listening to me? Oh, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Master. Oh, hallelujah. And this is the confidence that we have in him. Right? That if we ask anything according to his will. Somebody says, yeah, well, how do I know what his will is? Well, his word is is his will and his will is his word. So you you don't have to look very far to see what his will is. So this is the confidence that we are not to cast away. Because if we don't let our faith go and let the spirit of faith leave us, we'll have a reward in our lives. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know beyond any shadow of a doubt, that's confidence, that he hears us. We know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And listen, friend, when you have the petitions that you desired of him, that's a great recompense of reward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, 
What does the word confidence mean? I looked it up in Noah Webster's dictionary from 18, I think it's 1848. If you don't have that dictionary and you have an iPad or you have the wherewithal and a computer to download that app, it's Noah Webster from 1800s. It is a beautiful dictionary. He puts scriptures along with definitions. If you've heard Jerry Savelle preach many times, he always gives definitions from Noah Webster's. You all getting cold now? All right, you can, you can turn it off. Now notice the word confidence means to confide. It means a trusting or a reliance, an assurance of mind or firm belief, I love this, in the integrity, stability, or veracity of another. Or in the truth and reality of a fact. The scripture that Mr. Webster gives is Psalms 18. It says, it is better to trust in the Lord to put confidence in man. (laughs) Think about that. Webster must have been a born-again Christian. He must have had a revelation of confidence and faith. Oh, man. It is the reliance or firm belief in the integrity is not God full of integrity veracity of another or in a truth or the reality of a fact confidence also means safety assurance safety or security it additionally means boldness and courage so when god tells us to cast away cast not away our confidence he says don't let your boldness slip don't let your courage slip but stay strong in him so in the next verse it says in verse 36 it would be for you have need of patience, there's faith and patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Verse 37, for yet a little while, he that will come will come and not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. How shall the just live? By faith. Who are the just? Us. We are the just. How shall the just live? By faith. Who are the just? We are. And how shall the just live? By faith. So he says here that the just shall live. By faith. Live by it. Live by it. Live by it. Not just when you need a breakthrough. Not just when you need a miracle. He's there when you do. But it's better for you to walk with Him daily and to walk by faith daily in a wonderful relationship with Him. And trust and faith will just begin to flow out of your life. The just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. You ever drawn back before? I have. Am I the only honest one here? (laughs) Certainly, we've all drawn back. But if we really want to please God, we'll not tuck tail, we'll not yield to fear, we'll yield to the spirit of faith. And we'll continue on the track that he has predestined for us. Amen? Amen. Verse 39, read this. This is our confession. But we are not of them who draw back under perdition. But we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now let's go into verse 11. We've got a few, chapter 11, we've got a few more verses. Eventually we're going to get into all these different beautiful facets of faith. And how that God dealt with men and women in the Old Testament and how they operated by faith. 
But notice with me in Hebrews 11, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained what kind of a report? A good report. Okay? Now, verse 3 is where we're going to end up tonight. I want you to read it with me if you would. It says, Through faith, through faith we understand that the worlds were what? The worlds were framed by evolution. You might have heard that in college. You might have heard that in high school. But that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. We did not come from apes. There was not a planet of the apes before. We come from him. We come from heaven. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Glory to God. Born of God. Born of the spirit. Born of another world. Not out of some. No. Thank God, no. Now there's a lot of people acting like apes. Because they bought into that. But notice here, he says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed. By the word of God or by the word of faith, God said, let there be and there was. So that the things which are seen, all this around us, all this outside of us, so that the things which are seen, they were not made of things which do appear. So the worlds were framed by words. Now don't miss this. I know it's time to close. You might be thinking about that buttered popcorn when you get home. But don't miss these last few moments. Matter of fact, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. So the worlds were framed by words. Listen to this. Your words. You that are born of God. You that have the spirit of faith. Which is the spirit of victory. That overcomes the world, the flesh and the devil. You, by your words today, frame your future for tomorrow. The words that you speak today are framing things for your future. You're setting yourself up one way or the other. For life or for death. For victory or for defeat. For health or for disease. For prosperity or lack. The words that you speak today frame your tomorrows. What kind of a tomorrow do you want? I know what kind of tomorrow you want. You want what every human being wants. You want freedom. You want to feel good. You want to enjoy life. And that does not just happen because you were born 
into a certain family. That does not just happen because you have an education. It does not just happen because you were heir or heiress to millions of dollars. There's a lot of millionaires that are miserable. You are your mouth. You are tomorrow what you believed and what you said and what you acted upon today. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 18. I'll tell you what, tonight, in a few moments, why don't we stand up in a few moments and let's do some framing. Let's frame some things. Is that all right? Let's do that. In Proverbs 18, you know, you're a sharp bunch of folks. I'm confident in that. You're quick. You're bright. You're sharp. You're good looking. You're a major blessing. And you're very rich. I'm rich. I am rich, 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 rich. I didn't say I was a millionaire, but I'm rich. According to the word of God, you're rich. Proverbs 18. Notice this now. Verse 20 says, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the kind of work he does. Now that's not a license not to work, but really... Your life will be satisfied with the fruit of your mouth. What you say on a regular basis impacts your entire life. If you want to be satisfied in life, align your words with His word. And with the increase of His lips, shall He experience fullness. The Amplified says that a man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequence of his words he must be satisfied whether with good or evil. Let's read verse 21 together. He says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. That's pretty simple, isn't it? So let's stand up. Let's stand up. You ready to do a little bit of framing tonight before we go home? If you've not yet been saved, you can frame your future with the words of your mouth by believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. If you want to be saved tonight, just simply pop your hand up and we'll believe along with you tonight. Anybody want to be saved, just raise your hand real high. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to ask you to do this, if you would be so kind. As to put one hand on your chest and one, one hand on your stomach area, if you can. And I just want you just to repeat in faith these following words along with me. In the name of Jesus, I call my body totally healed. I call every organ Every tissue, every tissue of my body, of my body 
functioning in the perfection to which you have created it to function. I declare this night that every cell of my being, my blood, my heart, my pancreas, my liver are healed. I call my blood clear. I call my spleen whole. I declare your holy anointing flows into me now and drives out any and all disability. Body, I am talking to you. I demand you based on the authority of God's word to be healed to be whole pancreas produce the proper amount of insulin for life and health I demand any imbalances in my system to go I demand total complete chemical balance in my entire beam. I'm calling for strength. I'm calling for life. I call upon the anointing that is in me to rise up. And quicken my entire being. Let's raise both hands and praise Him. Something's happening right now. Sarabokanda rabosa, halabosanda, haharabosha. Put your hands back on your body. Say, I call for that holy anointing. That holy oil, that warmth of the anointing to flow into me now. Just keep your hands there for a moment. Shoo! Wow. Let it be, Lord. According to your word. Thank you, Lord. Let's do a little bit more framing tonight with our hands raised. Say it me, Lord. Lord, you are a God of great favor. And I call myself highly favored of my Father. And I call myself highly favored of those around me. Everywhere I go. I am experiencing heavy favor. The favor of God. The fog of God envelops my very being. I declare I'm always in the right place at the right time. I am connected with glorious opportunities. Regularly, I declare that my life 
is free. I call myself debt free. I am a great blessing. And I'm dispensing blessing to those around me. And I declare. See, what are we doing? We're framing our tomorrows with faith-filled words and the spirit of faith today. I call my whole family. Every one of them. Every aunt. Every uncle. Every cousin. Moms and dads. Papas and Grammys. I call them all saved. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So live by it daily. Even as workers go to work to build a building and to frame a building and to frame a home. It takes them time, but they keep showing up. They keep doing their due diligence. If you will just keep doing your due diligence, surely you will see your tomorrows framed with my glory and framed with my goodness. Don't back down. Don't back off. Even though you may not feel like it, continue to believe, continue to speak, continue to act, continue to praise, and you will see the end of your faith come to pass. Come on, let's give him praise tonight. Glory to God. Woo, man. I'll tell you what. Woo, I'm glad I came tonight. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Come on, saints, let's give him praise one more time. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. I speak to that turmoil and to that unrest in your soul, even as the master spoke in the boat and arose and said, Peace, be still. I speak to that confusion, that unrest, and that turmoil. And I say, be still in your spirit. Be still in your soul. Hallelujah. If that's you, just between you and the Lord, just say, I receive that. I receive that. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. So lay hands on yourself regularly. How many of you be honest with me tonight? How many of you, you sense the Spirit of the Lord when you're, when you're saying those words? You sense that holy, holy presence. Hallelujah.